sweets. Congrats on um, releasing this album. It's so exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm really excited. It's like, you know, it's such a long time always between when you make it and when it kind of comes out in the world. So when it came out a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, <clears throat> like birthing, a ch- well, what I imagine birthing a child is like <laughs> without as much. <laughs> same, same. I mean, I guess you've been working on it longer than nine months. So. been <laughs> cooking. <laughs> To me, I don't know how you define it, but to me, this album is like belongs in the world of pop. And I think compared to other pop albums, it's quite, it's very like raw and honest and open, which I love. Um, when you started making this album, did you know it was going to be like that personal? Um, I think I did because like of the way I wrote it. So like when I wrote my first album, I sort of got to the end. I didn't really think I was writing an album at the time. I just like was writing songs. And then I like looked back over these, you know, 10, 15 songs that I had. And I was like, okay, what's like the story here? What am I trying to say? Whereas this time around, it was like, I was so aware of what the story was because I was like living it. And it's actually like not necessarily in track order on the album, but like the story of the album is actually really linear. Um, It's sort of like, you know, Unready, one of the tracks is a bit of a precursor, but then it sort of began with Aeroplane Bathroom um, and kind of finished with the song Sandwiches. And I knew it was going to be personal and raw because like, you know, at the time I was going through a lot, um, basically like the end of 2017, I'd put out my first record. I had finished medical school. I had um, ended a long-term relationship in all in the space of like four weeks and then immediately was like going on tour, was falling in love with a friend of mine. Australia was voting on same-sex marriage, which was like making this brand new question I had about, you know, my identity, um, like really, you know, raw and a lot to kind of contemplate. Um, And, you know, it really messed with my sense of self and, you know, my self-esteem and um, just the idea of, you know, my idea of who I kind of thought I was and there's some pretty massive things to overcome. Um, and so, you know, I wrote Aeroplane Bathroom just as all those questions were kind of like descending on me. And then the rest of the songs, you know, outlined that journey basically. And it ended with Sandwiches, which was, you know, I wrote about the death of my grandmother who I'd just, you know, only a month before she died had sort of had a really honest conversation with her about me and my life and my new relationship and, you know, <laughs> talking about the spectrum of sexuality with a 95 year old mm. Catholic woman, um, which was pretty hardcore. And, um, but she's, you know, full of love and acceptance. And so that's basically like in a nutshell, the story of the record. So in answer to the question, you know, did I know it was going to be very raw <laughs> when I made it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you see yourself? Do you see yourself unraveling? Do you know that these bones were always mine? And I love this idea you talk about it being linear because as a listener, I feel like I'm kind of taken on this journey as well. And I believe airplane bathroom was the first track that you wrote and um listening to this i mean maybe compared to other tracks it feels a lot more like um raw and honest and like very maybe simple is not quite the word but um 
quite restrained, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think as a listener that I just feel like it's, I'm there with you in that moment. Like it's very authentic. <laughs> I read that you used a field recorder for some of the sounds on that song. Yeah, we did. So like, weirdly enough, like a lot of the album is actually like the demos, like, because I'd sort of, you know, I often would like, oh, I always demo the songs that I'm writing and often with just, so it's like a bit of a blueprint. So we get into the studio and I'm like, these things are cool in this demo, but let's like re-record this or whatever. And Aeroplane Bathroom is literally the demo. Like I recorded, you know, there's this like little um, interface that I had that's also like a microphone, costs like nothing. <laughs> and I recorded um, like the piano and the vocal on it and then did some like, you know, little synths and stuff and a bit of like harmonium. And then we got into the studio and I was, I'm so used to getting into the studio and then people being like, okay, that's the demo. Now let's redo it. You know, and you often spend hours and hours just trying to recreate something that's already there. Um, but the two guys that I worked with, Chris Messina and Zach Hansen, who are like such excellent engineers and they also just can recognize, they were like, listen to that demo. They were like, this is the song. Like we just need to like, you know, like embellish it a bit. And so we got a field recorder and we went outside and we started just like, we have all these videos of like, like Chris is like at this gate and we're like, ready, okay, go. And he's like, pushes the gate really gently and Zach's holding a field recorder there. And then he's like, I think we got it. Yeah, <laughs> and like, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then I'm like, I was revving my Subaru Impreza outside of the cottage one night and Chris was like, <laughs> we so we recorded that. And, and then we just like, we had like literally the field recorder, we'd run back in, get the SD card out put it into my laptop, like airdrop it to the other computer, you know, whatever, get it to the other computer and then put it into the session and, you know, manipulate it a bit. Um, but it was definitely one of the funnest parts of the process. Cause I can't get my shit together in this aeroplane bathroom I'm wondering why Before. Would I be right in saying um, you're quite limited in terms of gear when you were creating this album? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, we, we made it in a cottage that we think was built in like the 1860s um, on my parents' farm. And I like, you know, long story short on why we went there, it was basically like the, the, the studio that the guys working in Wisconsin was going to be shut down all year. I was going to be working full time. I had four weeks annual leave to make the album. So I was like, I don't really want to be jet lagged for half of it. And also, like I said before, my grandmother had passed away and she, you know, was very, very um, connected to this place. Like she lives on the property. She lived on the property my whole life um, and for most of hers. And so I just had a real pull to come back to Canoundra to make it. Um, and so I, I emailed Chris and Zach and I was like, what do you guys think about like coming to this place? I was like, currently there's like, you know, there are rats in it and there is no <laughs> running water. And by the time they got there, there was still no running water or toilet or electricity to half of the house, which was the most problematic part. Um, and, you know, no Wi-Fi or anything. Um, but you know, we did, um, we did kind of like get there in the end, but coming into the process, we made a spreadsheet. Um, and the guys were like, you know, put down basically, or we all did put down our top five or six favorite things to work with. So like favorite guitars or synths or pedals or microphones. 
And so we did, we had ac- like ha- access to hardly anything, um, but that was kind of the point. We had to be very mm-hmm. like specific before we got in there and we had to all really think, okay, what's like the end product going to sound like? What are the overall things we're going for? And will these things, I mean, Chris kept being like, you know, nothing should be on that list unless it's Sparks Joy. Um, so that was like, <laughs> that was the thing that we went for. <laughs> I love that. Mm. Yeah. And we spoke about Aeroplane Bathroom before. I want to like dive into the next track which is unready i think you Mm. mentioned that um the lyrics on this track kind of predate the rest of the album and it's kind of like you i guess talking back to your past self a little bit and to me sonically there's quite a juxtaposition with this song i can't put my finger on what it is but it like jumps out as different was that intentional yeah i mean it definitely was like we, you know, I, so this song does like predate the record. I, I wrote it. Um, it. I did like edit it and change it a lot, but the essence of it was the same. And I wrote it at the beginning of 2017 and I find it almost like spooky to listen to because like the whole song was about like, you know, I felt like I was like on this precipice of change and I didn't know what was going to happen. But like, I just had this like feeling like my life was about to undergo like a lot of change um, and eight months later, like, yeah, I <laughs> didn't bargain for that much change. Um, but it was like, it was a real, um, yeah, left turn in my life. And so I, I listened back to that song and I'm like, I, I knew like something was kind of like brewing. I just like didn't know what. Um, and, you know, I, I think I will always be someone who will really strive to make records that are diverse in their sound and, you know, cross a few genres and, um, obviously like probably the ends of the spectrum on this record are Aeroplane Bathroom and Unready. So I was like, we should just put them next to each other mm. because, you know, you kind of come out of Aeroplane Bathroom and you're like, oh man, like, you know, I, like when I listen to the record, I often skip it if I'm honest, because like, <laughs> it's really arduous to like go through again. Um, but then Unready is, you sort of like, it like snaps you back out. Um, and, you know, I wanted there to be like, at least one jubilant moment on the record. Um, and, you know, it reflects like I listen to heaps of music and all different kinds of music and, you know, and want to make all different kinds of music. Um, I've just been, you know, more blessed with probably a gift of a ballad than, you know, some <laughs> like pop punk tune. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, Unready was sort of the being able to step out of that space for a minute. Mm, and, Am I right? In when you were recording this track, you turned all the lights off and just had like a strobe light going. <laughs> Actually, it's in this very room. So. Oh my god. I'm currently um in in Canandra, and Whoa. um I so it's like I mean you can't even see it. But it's like, <laughs> oh my god, little, I love it. It's like a it's like a proper sitting room. There's like the piano <laughs> that we recorded everything on, um and so we're in the studio, and um I was like basically not nailing the vocal like when you know it, it's a bit higher in my register and I just kind of wasn't getting it and Chris and Zach were like okay we need like a change of you know we need a change of like space we just need a change of pace um and so they were like let's go over to like the main house my parents house and try and like record the vocal there and I was like sure so we brought like a tiny little rig over here and we got into the house and we always have this joke that like 
because my family have lived in this house for like over a hundred years. And so like, you know, I'll say to my mum, like, do we have like this random object? And she's like, you know what? I think we do. And she'll like go and dig it out like straight away. And we're always like, what the hell is in this house? And Chris was like, do you guys have a strobe light? And I was like, I think we actually do have a strobe light. Um, And so I like went out to my brother's room, found this like six like globe thing and like Chris put it on in this corner. And so like we turned all the lights off. Chris and Zach are sitting on this couch and I'm like standing in the corner and they're like, okay, ready? And like lights off. Chris's only job is to like cue the strobe. (laughs) Zach presses record and then I'm like, like dancing in the corner, like trying to, you know, and they're just sitting here silently. It was like the creepiest but funniest thing. (laughs) I love that though. (laughs) That sounds like um, the house is kind of like, the whole house is a Mary Poppins bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally right. You was up ahead, an island like a silo in the emptiness. A quiet majesty in all its nothingness. Sipping on the sweet to taste the bitterness. Had it flown too fast, the ringing in my ears to say that nothing lasts. The world is sick and tired of these apologists. So you worked with Jess Gleason with like the visuals for this album. Did did she come mm. out to where you are now and take those shots? She did. Yeah, she's such a legend. Um, mm. And yeah, it was actually like we'd taken some shots earlier in a different location, and um, they just kind of weren't. You know, I don't know. They weren't quite right. They were great photos, but just that it wasn't really capturing the vibe. And I was like, we just, I was like, we need to do them in Canoundra. Mm-hmm. I was working full time though at the time. So I was like, I really don't have time to like go out and do a massive shoot. And anyway, we were going to be like doing it with someone else. And then they pulled out and I text Jess um, and I was like, can you come and take photos? Like, you know, for the, for the album. She was like, yeah, of course I'd love to. And so I had like a couple of days off work and we got in my car and drove out here and my car broke down on the way. <laughs> And we had like 24 hours to shoot all the content, like for the album and everything. And I was like, you are kidding me. Anyway, my dad picked us up from Bathurst and then we like drove to Canoundra, got there, like legged it back into town as the sun was setting, got like the first round of photos. And then we had like the next sort of day and evening as well. And we just like in my boot, we had like all these outfits and we'd like rock up at a, like in a paddock and I'd be like, what do you think I should wear? And we were like, maybe this and this. So I'd put that on and the cover <laughs> of the album, we were like up in this paddock that was like, it was just total dust because the whole place was so drought stricken. Um, and I like put on these like orange pants and this orange shirt. I was like, this kind of looks like the dirt and that could be kind of cool. And so like, I was like there and this huge dust storm like whipped up and I just kind of covered my face and she snapped the shot and that was, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky to work out. I know. Yeah. Totally. My, I feel like that's kind of the theme of the album. It's like, <laughs> lucky it worked out. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask one last question. Um, mm. So the album is called Our Two Skins, which I think is a lyric of Radiator. Yep. Was, um, <laughs> was it, why was it important to you that that was the title of the album? Yeah, I kind of think about like that with a few different meanings. Like, you know, the first one in like, and the meaning in Radiator is, like, you know, talking about intimacy between two people. Um, But I sort of, I arrived at that being, 
you know, an appropriate kind of title for the entire record because, you know, the sort of second meaning that I put on it is like when I lost my grandmother, I was, you know, sitting with her as she died and was kind of holding her hand and, you know, was very aware that I wouldn't ever sort of feel her skin again, you know, that kind of skin on skin contact. And then a week later, my sister had a baby and I was sitting there holding her hand and was again kind of looking at her skin, you know, and I just was like, like that's, you know, that's sort of the, that, that human contact is really like the, the essence of, you know, of kind of being, I guess. Um, and then I guess the most fundamental sort of message of the record um, is really about identity um, and, you know, the different people we feel like we sometimes are the different, you know, I felt like, did I have to undergo this radical identity change just because I, you know, maybe expanded my spectrum of sexuality? Did that change who I was? Like, what did that mean for me? Had I always been not in my true skin? Um, and then, you know, by the end of this record, I kind of was just, I was comfortable in whatever skin it was that I found myself in. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of just felt like it was, you know, the thing that captured the the feelings, all the feelings that are in there. Flooding raining, endless waving, the warmth of our two skins. 